0: Welcome to Episode 7 of the Jay Bunny's Music Hub Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Bunny. So, for this episode, I actually got to interview what I would say is the the inspiration for this show, uh, or at least, like I said, the, the format for the show. Uh, Doc Coyle, former guitarist for God Forbid, also uh, in the bands Bad Wolves, Vegas Nerve... Rebel Noise Group, Maytel Cohen, uh, dudes all over the place. Um, But yeah, his his podcast, The X-Men, or The X-Man, I'm sorry, The X-Man Podcast, is uh, what really inspired me to get this started while I had all this uh, free time from not having a full-time job. (laughs) Hunt is still on, by the way, so if anybody knows anything, hit me up. But uh, yeah, Doc, uh, despite having moved to California, he was here in New Jersey this past weekend um, playing shows with his band Vegas Nerve. So um, I was able to uh, get him to agree to an interview, and um, I I really appreciated the opportunity to do that. So um, without further ado, here's Doc.
1: All right, what's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I'm here again at Dingbats, but this time I'm inside a car, <laughs> and I've got uh, Doc Coyle with me today. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing well. A little tired. I, I'm, you know, I live on the, the West Coast now, and for some reason, every time I fly now, anything, you know, my, my I get all screwed up with my my hours. So I'm like waking up all early. Right, right. And I'm like, and then like <laughs> about like six o'clock. it's like six o'clock now. I'm ready for a nap. So. <laughs> Yeah, I got up early
1: today myself. My son had a doctor's <laughs> appointment at 8 a.m., so I don't. I'm normally still in bed then. I, I can hear that. get up and get rolling, so I'm a little tired out myself.
2: That's well, all right. So we got we had a long night,
1: and uh, you know, have to let 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 that energy last. Yeah, man. So um, before I get into any any questions or anything, I know mm-hmm. I mentioned this to you in the email, but uh, you know I, I want to thank you just for for doing your show for the X Man podcast, just because that was sort of. I, I, when I found myself with, with more free time and had the time to do this show, um, you know, I had a friend who said to me, oh, you know, your, your show is so unique. I was like, no, it's not.
2: I, I, I copy Doc's <laughs> show. Um, so, uh, well, I'm influenced by other shows as well, and that's, and that's the thing is, like, you know, like songwriting and stuff, there's a structure. Yeah. And the podcast structure is kind of already, there's been better and greater and more wise people than than us that have kind of laid this this groundwork so there's all these different structures out there and really you know there's a million music podcasts there's a million comedy podcasts you know the content is kind of irrelevant what makes it unique is you right right? what makes my podcast unique is me because I'm the only me and you're the only you so that's really what ultimately if, if someone's going to want to care about your show theoretically that would be the the main the main ingredient, yeah, yeah, that distinguishes it from other things, and obviously there's uh, themes and topic topics. You know, like there's one podcast called Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time. Period. You ever heard of this? <laughs> no. So that's but but you think about that, it's very specific. Yeah, it's yeah, Basically, they talk about all Denzel's movies. You know, okay. and they talk about you know black cinema. All right. You know, where stuff it, it's very much from that angle and. So it's very unique. So even if the personalities weren't great, at least you have a subject matter that's yeah, yeah. unique. So you know, so you have a little gimmick as well that can kind of help out. All right, yeah, that's cool.
1: Um, so most people probably know you from God Forbid. That's probably, I would say, what you're, you're best known from. But since you're, as, as the Internet dubbed, determined to forever be some guy in a band, <laughs> um, listeners may also know you from Bad Wolves, Rebel Noise Group. Uh, metal Cohen? Maytel? Metal Maytel. Maytel Cohen, and then and Vegas Nerve was playing here tonight. Are there, are there any bands of yours that I might be forgetting?
2: Well, I filled in for a lot of bands. Right, yeah, so, you like, did a European run with Darkest Hour, right? Yeah, I was just out with Darkest Hour. I have filled in for Unearth. I played with Lamb of God. You know, I've I played with Mass Mental with Rob Trujillo from Metallica. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I've done and and lots of little things in, in between all right, of them. Right, right. You know, so uh yeah, I'm a busy busy guy. Or try, I try to be. Right. Well, that's always good. It's <laughs>
1: better to have uh, a lot to do than nothing to do.
2: Well, the thing is, a lot of times, especially when you leave a, a primary band, you know, when, when God forbid ended, and I left that, you can't just sit around waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. You kind of have to to start your own stuff in case nothing else is going on or else you're, you're just not going to be busy. Right. You, know, you can't just sit around. And that thing is, I like to be... In control, kind of, of my my fate, more or less.
3: Yeah,
1: I mean, that's again not to keep tying back to what, what I'm doing, but that's another reason why I got into this. Is I, you know, I went to college for broadcasting. I've always wanted to work over at Sirius XM. Now, you know, I know Jose. We, you know, we've encountered each other in the scene, much like you and I have done over the years. Um, but it was just never working out, and to do with Jose, it's just you know, you gotta you gotta work for it. It's so, hard to get in
2: these, these industries in the entertainment world are very small there's not a lot of jobs that means having connections helps right, right. that means working for free interning right things like this you know just anything to get your foot in the door right well so
1: that was again that was why i did this because it, it, it a it's something that i i enjoy but b it gives me you know a portfolio of work that people can see when when there is
2: that job out well, there of course I'm, je- I'm jealous that you have a broadcasting degree
1: <laughs> well I, I didn't finish my bachelor's due to a, a car accident and then having a couple kids. I was a semester away. I'm hoping to still be able to finish that, but that was. So you can always
2: finish it, though. right? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just that it was ten years ago at this point. Get <laughs> that back that on that horse, out. get
2: that degree, make it happen. Yeah, man. I'm. I'll tell you what. I'm a hell of a lot more than one semester <laughs> one degree. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, my parents were pissed that I didn't finish it, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, so my first real exposure to you was when you were in God Forbid, mm-hmm. uh, when you guys played the OzFest in uh, 2004. Saw you guys a bunch of other times, mostly at Starland with, like, mm-hmm. El Nino, 40 Below Summer. Mm-hmm. And then I saw you guys at the, the Trespass Festival, which I think might have been the last big thing you guys did before you split up.
2: Yeah, the bi- last big thing we did. Yeah. We did one more tour with Shadow's Fall right after that. I don't even think we played around here. can't remember. <laughs> But, yeah, that was the last kind of big thing we did. And, uh, and yeah, the band broke up maybe a year. A year right, ago. yeah, it
1: was about a year after that. And, and I, what I wanted to ask you in regards to that was that you had announced you were leaving the band. And then that same day, the other guys said, you know, the band is over. So was was your leaving the catalyst for the band to end? Or were the sort of gears already in motion, writing already on, on the wall kind of thing?
2: Well, you could kind of put all that together on your own because that was really up to them I don't even think there was really a lot of cohesion and in, in terms of how that decision was made I think really Corey and Byron went out on their own and made the and I don't know what coordination I essentially told I told the band in the letter I was leaving and then bef- you know and after I did that I st- notified them all that I was going to be releasing a statement maybe about a week after I told them I was quitting the band. I think maybe when, they, when I told them I quit, maybe they thought I wasn't serious. Okay. So when I told them, uh, or maybe, you know, that I was, it was just a big hullabaloo and I told them I was gonna release a statement. And then when I told them I released a statement, these guys were like, they basically went public, said the band is over. But that wasn't from my angle, I just was leaving. I wasn't gonna say, we're breaking the band up. I wouldn't tell them to break yeah. the band up but I just was saying I'm I'm personally done and I guess that led to everything but that's how it is I think it's like anything you pull the string right. and all of a sudden the, everything kind of comes apart I even looked to when my brother left the band in 2009 even that was probably that probably led to me leaving the band eventually right, right. just that, that that unit and that cohesion and the the chemistry and everything it, it and also you just you see the kind of arc of things of when at least everyone is is in it and everyone's is is ready to go, you have that kind of focus. Yeah. And yeah, and and, and you start to see things are a little harder. You're doing a show, a little less people are coming. Yeah, yeah. You're selling a little bit less merchandise. Everything, the the um, the challenge of things it intensifies, and, and and you just get older. You know, you're not the same person you were. You know, you saw us in Osiris. I was 24 years old. <laughs> And in that last run with with the band, I was 31, 32 years yeah, old, yeah. you know, and now I'm 36. Well, so time, you
1: and I, you're not too far apart
3: in age Yeah, then.
2: but time, but it's just, it's crazy how that doesn't seem that long ago, Yeah, leaving the band, but it's three or four years, just, whoosh, just disappeared just like that.
1: Now, obviously you have a lot else going on, um, but... You know, everybody always says, never say never. Has there ever been any... Have you guys talked at all about maybe getting it back together at some point? Or
2: We had an offer to do a show not that long ago, and we were not able to make it happen. I don't really want to get too much into yeah, details yeah. why that didn't happen, but... So there's been some talk, but there hasn't... It would really take, I think, a unique set of circumstances for everything have to have to work out. I personally am not opposed to it. I left the band not because I didn't want to do the band. I left the band because... Things were hindering the band from actually being as busy and productive as I would have liked to have been. Yeah, and and it just it's I'm the type of person I just don't quit things willy-nilly. i I I like to finish things I started. I like to to really you know it's, it's so it's so kind of crazy it, in, in in many ways. You know if you listen to my show how. The show, even the show, is called the X Men. It, it 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 involves that period of my life, yeah. connecting with this period of my life, right. and kind of trying to f- trying to figure all that out is is very difficult. And uh, so we'll, we'll 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 have to see. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's uh, but there has to be a positive will. I don't want to. F- I would never want to force anything like that to happen. And. Ultimately, it would. It would. The best case scenario, if it were to happen, it would be because there was a great demand. Yeah. yeah. And right now, it's there's not that much of great demand. I mean, the band's only been broken up for three or four years, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's not hasn't been that long. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you know, every day people get older. People, you know, it gets a little. It's you know, and everyone isn't necessarily as busy as as I am in right. the music and still committed to to that lifestyle so yeah. we'll see alright man
1: it'd be cool to see you guys do more shows at like 40 or uh, or El Nino I'm seeing them but they're both playing Starland together in October yeah I know I know. but uh, so uh, as you said about, it, about a year after the band split you moved to California um, what, yeah. what inspired that
2: I pretty much always wanted to live out there or the, the idea had had been very attractive to me uh, from the times I'd, I'd visited and, and, and been there, and it was a me leaving the band. I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have a job really holding me here. You know, I, I did actually. Yeah, you're doing the bartending here and stuff yeah, like I was, that. Yeah, I was doing stuff like that, and I was doing fine. But it felt like this moment where I wanted to shake things up, and I was at that age where if I didn't do it then. I probably would have never done it. I would have been you know, I would, I would have been kind of just stuck in, in in the same thing and it's it was probably the hardest thing, you know, one of the hardest things. I wouldn't say it's the hardest thing I've done. Maybe one yeah. one or two of the hardest things I've I've done, but it definitely taught me a lot a lot about about life. And and I like it. I'm not I'm not in any rush to get back here. I like <laughs> yeah, you know, I love this area, but it's definitely I don't know, there's something about moving to a new place being able to reinvent yourself and yeah. and in 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 many ways the world you go to another place and that world sees you fully formed whereas in your home area they you know they, it's you know they, they kind of judge you against everything you've ever been. Yeah. Including what you are now which is which is a lot or they may just see who you were and yeah, not yeah. who you are. So it's 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 there's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah I'd always
1: uh, I've never been to California myself, but I always tell people like if I ever I couldn't move too far away from like New York City, I like being yeah. sort of close. But if I did, it would I would have to be just all the way over you know and then close to LA. It's yeah. you know it's the, the music scenes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean I think with that with Los Angeles, it's even more than music. It's the entertainment industry. Yeah. And everything is related to that. And there's so much, it, the the light there brought uh, shines really bright. You can have certain things happen, opportunity wise, that have impacts beyond, not even nationally, but globally. Right, right. In a way that's actually almost difficult to achieve almost anywhere else. When it comes to the entertainment world, that's if you're a comedian, you can get on a television show. If you're a musician. That's where the labels and the managers yeah. and the publishers and and the tastemakers are. So you can meet the right. That's the thing is you can meet the right people and put and then get put in a position to um, to succeed. And and you kind of see that. You see people, professionals in the entertainment world, go there to be a professional. Right. right.
1: Well, I hope to to hope to give it a try sometime. It's a little harder to do. Like you said, you didn't have anything really holding you holding you here again i got I the kids and the yeah. girlfriend and, well, and not, not really the job anymore but
2: <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's i was in a unique position at my age to 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 do something like that and and i definitely do not regret it i definitely think it was it was one of the smartest things i've done so if i
1: remember correctly bef- like not too long before you left here uh, you had started the the rebel noise group mm-hmm. and then you had told me at one of the nights I saw you here I believe that when you moved you were going to keep the band going but you're going to have to have a different
2: different lineup. Yeah. Is that
1: band still going on right now? I mean, Honestly
2: I-, I just got too busy and I love doing that band it's a lot of fun but it's kind of also a lot of work because I'm pretty much doing most of the organizing yeah. and the booking of the shows and the promoting of the shows and con- considering how, how I joined with all these other bands and and all these other opportunities arose pretty much became you know too much in a in in a way where i i just couldn't overcommit myself so i have some ideas on, on on doing doing some things and then i also ended up getting a job at home uh which takes up a good amount of my time as well so it's you know sometimes you you actually have to say all right like enough is enough. <laughs> yeah, and so we'll see. I, I would, I would love to do that, but I'm also the kind of kind of guy where when I do something, I want to do it right. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be in a situation where you just spread a little too thin, and you can, and I can't have it uh, be at a certain level that I right. like it to. And sometimes there's just, and this is one thing I'm kind of learning about life is that just because you want to do something doesn't necessarily make, mean you can you can do it. You can't you can't be everything to everyone right, right. all at all times. <laughs> so even though I would love to to do that in many ways like you want I would love to do it, but I don't know if I can do everything else. I would yeah, I would yeah. need more help and if and if you have a especially in the band realm if it's not very very profitable, it's hard to get other help. Right, right. You. So so when you have something that's kind of starting and it's a little smaller, so we'll see. We'll see down the, down the line, but it's definitely it's definitely fun. Every time I've I've jammed with that band, it's it's one of the most fun things I, I've done. I love it.
1: Yeah, I think that you guys had a show, or a few shows here. I just
2: didn't get a chance to check them out. They were great. Every time I played, it was great.
1: So tonight you're playing with with Vegas Nerve uh, here at Thing Tell me a bit about how that band got together.
2: Well, it was before God forbid broke up. Um, so this is starting around 2011. I believe, where me and the singer met through a mutual friend, um, and I was actually working on another project that ended up falling apart, and a lot of the material, the biggest nerve material, came from that band. Okay. And and it just, through circumstance, we ended up, ended up finding the singer, Ravi, on and, uh, and his YouTube page. he had like, cover songs, and I saw some of his original material, and I was like, I want to that guy would sound great over this stuff, I think. So we started talking, sent him some music, he, he laid some stuff over top of it, and it, pretty much the song Pull Me Out, which is was the first uh, single in the video. It was it's pretty much, with the except, exception of the outro, it's the exact same, like exactly, okay, how, wow. exactly how, how, how we wrote it the first time. and So that kind of established what the band was going to sound like almost just from that one song. And over the course of the next year, he and I started demoing, working on more songs, which ultimately became the, the EP. But we also wanted to, we did, came to a decision that we wanted to put together an actual band. And not because a lot of times you'll, a lot of new bands, I'm quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, is just a few people on a computer. Right, right. You know, send, you know just up in their room, making it and then they say oh here's my new band but it's really like one or two, two yeah people. yeah so we we decided to actually put together a real band so we we his best friend you know basically everyone tried out okay. besides he, he and I and and so we so we had and we were lucky we just found great people and and we recorded before I, I, I moved and it took us a while to finish all that, and then we ended up doing a Kickstarter to help finish the record, so everything took a very long time, okay? because essentially everyone in this band has been doing other things, right, it's always right. been something, it's always been like this kind of little baby pet project that everyone works on in addition to their other stuff. Right, Everyone's, yeah, because like, I'm familiar with uh, Mike from uh, Mother. Exactly, so that's his main band, and we, and we know that, we know it's his main band, and uh, Mo our drummer, he plays a Shai Halu. Right. He, you know, he tours with all kinds of bands, and he's he's really busy. I'm really busy, so it's this thing we, you know, it's like this plant. This it's, it's this beautiful flower you have in the corner that you just make sure or make sure we get some water on yeah, the flower. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much what it what it's been. And the really only goals when we finish this record were to do some shows in the East Coast and West Coast, um, we put the record out and that's pretty much what, what we've done just kind of you know and being that I'm on the west coast and pretty much all the other guys are out here it makes it really hard to do almost everything yeah, yeah. especially when you're paying for everything you know, yeah. have some record label or something like that so it's uh, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a lot of investment yeah. in a lot of ways but everyone does it because we really enjoy it and uh, yeah the, what the future holds with the band we'll see but ultimately the idea was to do this and I think the next thing we're going to do is just write and try and put together music for a full-length album okay so
1: um you'd said uh, you know it's hard to do when you're on your own there's no label now when when word got out you know and blabbermouth got a hold of that you guys you know put out their their article or whatever that you guys were doing this band uh there was like a quote at the end i don't know if it came from one of you guys i assume it did it was like a press release style thing uh, where it said that you guys didn't want any labels or managers or anything to muddy the waters. Is that still the outlook that you guys have? Do you want to keep this as an independent entity?
2: Well, I don't I don't think the exact wording was that we didn't want it, that. I think the idea was that, you know, we have hesitations about over-commercializing the intentions behind the band. Okay. Where we don't want that to be the kind of first and second things we think about when we're doing what we, what we do, everything started so natural and so pure. And so it was, I don't know there was just something really, really nice about the way the band started and, and the way everyone sounded when we first got in a room, it was just like, it was mind blowing. So that's, that's where it were. We, we shopped the, 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 record though. Okay. Um, but we didn't, we didn't reach out to any, to any managers. Um, but we, 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 you know, we, we sent it out to, to, to a few people. We did have some interest. Ultimately, it didn't, didn't work out. And it's not like we are against signing to a label or anything like that or working with anyone. But we're also, I think there's hesitation to, to want to, like, um, compromise. Okay. That's fair enough. And so, and it, it's, it's tough, though. It's a, it's a very, very tough environment right now for for music especially music the kind of style we're doing because essentially it's it, once you bring anyone in whether it's a label or a manager or a booking agent it changes the dynamic of what you're doing because now all of a sudden your art project is now a business yeah and that that ultimately is going to change how things go and so we have to make decisions as long as we keep doing it how much we want to bring that aspect of things in, into the band because it, it will change it right right you know maybe for the better we'll see but but for right now we're trying to keep it as personal and real i guess you know and that like i said it sounds pretentious and it might be pretentious but that was the idea of it okay
3: so
1: so, one of your other projects uh, mentioned before is uh, Bad Wolves. Yeah. Now, how did you get... I, I know that you had had John and you had, had Tommy on, on the earlier episodes of the podcast, and I think that, if I remember correctly, because I, I was able to listen to those, John had kind of already been working on it when you had interviewed him. How did you get involved in the band? When
2: I came in, it, pretty much most of the music was done. Um, <clears throat> it, really, that, that band started with John Berklin... And this guitar player Max Karen who's in Once Human. Okay. They wrote every all the music side of it. And they took a long time trying out tons of singers. And eventually it got to Tommy and the, and the songs got a little more condensed, a little shorter, a little more straight to the point, and things started to really come together. And as all that stuff was coming together, things were moving fast, John and Matt asked me if I wanted to be in the band. And it was right after I had gotten off tour with Metal, and it didn't look like anything was gonna be happening with that band for the near future. So I had a gap in my timeline, and I was looking, looking to do something yeah. and, and stay busy. And so I started learning material, and yeah, so we, pretty much from that point, it was put, putting the rest of the band together, finding a bass player, and brings us to where we are now, where released the music video right? and pretty much from that moment it's, it's just taking off like, yeah, a, yeah. like a rocket so we're finalizing a record deal right now with a pretty big record label and that band has all completely different than Vegas Nerve this band has a lot of momentum on the business side and is the uh what's pushing this band is definitely to be a real business oriented yeah. busy working band um, and to get out there and to get the band to it as big a level as possible right. I mean, that's that's what everyone's trying to do so it's it's a completely different beast so so yeah so I as great as music is I I can't take any credit for it but I'm definitely proud to be in it and take that record and try and translate it and make it Make it amazing live, and you know I've, it's it's a it's a really great opportunity. I don't know if even including God forbid, I don't know if there's anything that's had quite this much heat. I'm sure God forbid did, but because the internet wasn't as crazy yeah, the, yeah. back then, you you could not feel it in the same way. Yeah, the you know the actual buzz was much more organic, so you had to be there in a place to actually feel it. you, you can't be everywhere all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, as far
1: as I know, uh, you guys have only put out that one song so far. Uh, When can we expect more music?
2: When the record deal is done. Okay. So, essentially, that's been holding up why we haven't released anything else. We have a lyric video ready to go. It's been ready for two months. Oh, okay. But we just could not. We can't release that until that's done. Because once, essentially, do that, then it's your record, but it's not really record. It's their record. Right, right. And then... The label takes over the the helm in terms of promotion, release schedule, understanding when things come out, and how content is yeah. is um, dispersed. Okay. Um,
1: now we mentioned Tommy Vex, who's the vocalist of Bad Wolves. He's recently been touring with Five Finger Death Punch mm-hmm. in, in the European tour. Um, now you'd said that there's a lot of a lot of heat on, on you guys in, in a good way, and I'm sure that that him being in the forefront with with Five
2: Finger, which is a huge band could uh, doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, it, uh, it it has a it's having a big impact, and I think the impact itself will will kind of reveal itself over time because there's a good chance we'll be touring with them, and it's not a bad band to be associated
1: right, with. Right? Yeah. I mean, as much it's one of those things where as much as much hate as people tend to give
2: them, they're they're a pretty huge fucking band. They're one of the biggest mm-hmm. metal bands in the world. Period, and. Whether I don't, you know, what people think about them doesn't matter anything to me. God forbid, toward them twice, so clearly I have no problem. Right, I'm, right, I'm, right. You yeah, the them. Trespass tour was was with them. Yeah, and it's a. I'm just happy for Tommy to just have an opportunity like that to go out and uh, play with a band of that magnitude and kill it and do a really great job. It's a really testament to his talent. And it's a great launching pad for, right. for, for us to, to kind of, you know, his, because of that, his personal, I guess, heavy metal celebrity yeah. is exploding. He's, he's really becoming a, a figure that is known and, and, um, and admired. So as much of that, that we can capitalize and, and help um, promote Bad Wolves is going to be great. And uh, and you know the record is 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 crazy. People are gonna love it. So it's 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 really exciting. It's it, right now. It's very much the calm before the storm because things aren't with that band aren't gonna kick off till after the new year.
1: Right. Yeah. I, w- I was gonna ask if, if if his sort of commitments to Five Finger have gotten in the way of anything, but it sounds like you know what's sort of if, if we're gonna say getting in the way is waiting for the, the record deal. Right. Yeah. So
2: no, an act to to answer that, it hasn't affected us at all because we're not ready to go. Right. Um, so, his, uh, uh, this
1: is more about him than you, I hope you don't mind, but, um, I've, I've noticed online that in addition to the Five, uh, around the same time that the Five Finger stuff is going on, some of his former bandmates are were sort of accusing, uh, from Westfield Massacre, were sort of accusing him of, of like, sort of just dropping them to join Bad Wolves. Like, do you know, and I know second or third hand information, but do you know if, if there's been any attempts made to to, like, work anything out, or are those dudes just talking shit online? To be
2: honest, I, you know, I don't know how much of it is my place to say yeah, any, yeah, yeah. anything about it. I, I can say that there's been a lot of uh, drama and a lot of, um, you know, real... There's real problems between the two parties. I have no idea the uh, where they're at with that, if, if things have been resolved or what's going... because truth be told I'm friends with all those guys I'm in a band and I'm very good friends with, with, with Tommy so it's it's very ugly I don't I don't like that shit right um I don't like to uh adopt other people's grudges right right it's something that 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 actually really bothers me so I have kind of difficult um Feelings about about all that. Cause I really want to stay out of it, and because it it even though I'm in the band, ultimately it has nothing to do with me. Right, I had right. nothing to do with those decisions, and I had I have nothing to do with that band's business. Right, and right. How all that all that stuff gets worked out, and I have my opinions on if I was one party, what I would do, but I'm not them, so yeah. I, I, I I don't have a part in that. Yeah, that's, that's that. fine. Ultimately, you know, I, I just hope the fans of Westfield Massacre who contributed to the Kickstarter are taken care of. That's all. That's the only thing I can, I can say. OK, that's fair
1: enough. Um, getting into, you know, the podcasting a little bit, because that's something that we have in common. Um, I would imagine that a lot of like the guests that you book, it's it sort of is based on the relationships you've cultivated in your years in the industry and whatnot. Um, what would you recommend for, for people such as myself that, that don't have those kind of connections because you know I'm, I'm doing what I can with this but you know I was recently turned down for some interviews because it's like oh your, your social media reach isn't enough you don't have enough listeners you don't yeah. have whatever so I'm trying I'm um. Blitzed social media last week to the, you know, started an Instagram, which I fucking, I never wanted to have an Instagram. And like I did that and they actually blocked my account for a week because I tried to follow too many people at once. They thought I was like a bot. It finally just got unblocked today. But what would you recommend, you know, to people such as myself? Well, what, essentially
2: what we're all starting to learn is that attention, having people's attention... Is essentially the the new currency, right? So, this is how Donald Trump won the presidency. This is how Kim Kardashian has made all the money. This is how essentially, if you can attract attention, if you can get the most eyeballs on you, then you have power, and and this filters filters down to little guys like you and I. And so, me a big part of my show, like I can probably get more famous guests than even are on my show already but I part of my show is talking is having a connection to the person and having a rapport and being able to not only hear their story but kind of be part of their story and and having that connection so that's the closeness I want to talk to people I'm friends with yeah yeah I will talk to people I'm not but that's what I prefer to do because it's the angle I'm kind of going for I'd say if you're, if you are starting, um, it's like anything. It's like if you were, if you started a new band and you're a brand new band and you don't know anyone, you don't know how to get any gigs, it's like you're, you're just like your podcast, you're pushing the, the boulder up the hill. Right, right. It's going to be rough. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what I, I kind of said this before, I think we had on, it's, and I, and i said. Uh, Actually, I didn't mention this specifically, but content is king. So what you can do in lieu of not being able to maybe get the biggest guests is having a great, great show regardless of that. And that is, all right, if I can't get X guests, hey, maybe my show's not just going to be about that. Maybe I'll bring on another metalhead and we'll talk about, you know, Maybe uh, this historical moment. Hey man, like, you know what the new Metallica album came out? Let's talk. Let's have a Metallica podcast. And, okay. You know, so you have to get creative w- with it and figure out, and then deal with who you can get because right. the, because the truth is, just like you, just like me, there's a million other shows out there, and the reason why you're getting turned down is there's only people have only so many hours in the day, right? Right. And they can't. And podcasts, it's not like doing some 15 minute interview; they're long form. They're intensive. And the truth is, if you're a press person who's working for a pretty big band, you've got a list of people that you're trying to get, right? So if I'm the press person, I'm trying to get in Rolling Stone, I'm trying to get in Guitar World. Then I have the people hitting me up and they're saying, hey, can you do this? You know, hey, I got this little radio show in Wichita, Kansas, and, you know, that maybe four people listen to. And the thing is, as the guy in the band, I've definitely done that thing where you know you're doing some interview, and it's taking time out of your day, and they don't really have a reach. Yeah. So, also, what are they doing? They're taking up room on your guest list, they're taking up time out of your day, and a lot of times, the smaller uh, press outlets, they're not very professional. Mm. And you can tell they're not they're not good at it. And so, you, you just get that vibe, and then you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah. And so that's why, so that's why there's that barricade where essentially you have to prove yourself yeah. to to actually get through. And you know, I'm I'm lucky enough where my shows had enough of an impact where now PR people just reach out to me, right? right. So Century media will re- re- reach out to me and different people. So and the more I build the show, the the more that'll that'll happen. But I'm like I said, I'm very lucky. I I have a good Rolodex and I have a list of people that I know. Directly, that I barely scratched the surface. Yeah. So, um, and I'm also one thing I've also uh, realized uh, about my show, it's not about ultimately getting the most famous person. A lot of times, it's about talking to someone that no one else is talking to, because it's because the thing is, you can have someone who is well known, but they're oversaturated, right? So let's say, you know, the new Stone Sour records coming out yep guess what there's gonna be a hundred Corey Taylor interviews out there yeah, because yeah. he's out doing press he's, he's working the record right so people just sees oh Corey Taylor well, I, I saw Corey Taylor on Jamie Johnson's podcast I saw Corey Taylor on Talking Metal podcast yeah. I saw him on Eddie Trunk are you gonna to listen to 50 interviews with, you know, with Corey Taylor probably not right, right. so sometimes it's like alright you know who's you know maybe I'll talk to Corey Taylor's bus driver <laughs> Get his story. What's it like driving? You know, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, but that's the kind of the creative aspect of thinking outside the box of what what ultimately am, am I going to do that no one else is doing? Because if it's talking to band dudes, a lot of people are doing that. Right. Yeah. I do it. You do it. It's not unique. It's what you know. What What's your other angle? You got to have a little more going on. But it's tough. Yeah. At the, at the beginning, anything is tough, you have to prove yourself. And social media is a grind. Yeah, and and you have to figure out ways to distinguish, yeah, distinguish yourself and make noise. And it's an art. Social media people don't realize it is. Social media is just as creative as the things you're trying to push on social media. And it's and you have to think about it and try and game it. In a, in a, in a lot of ways, it's not not easy. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm finding that that you know I don't have a full time job, but like trying to promote this podcast has sort of become that for me. And luckily now without a job, I've got the time. But you know, once that uh, once I get a job, who knows?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, and that's 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 the thing is when you're uh, when you're trying to push a creative pursuit. Oftentimes you, you are left with your leisure time to to work on it and if you wanna do it you just have to you just have to do it and that that's thing, it's it's way easier to not do things than it is to do things. <laughs> so uh as, as I said, if if it was easy, everyone would do it. That's true. So um just
1: another quick. This is a silly one, but is there any uh, like equipment that you'd recommend? I, I just you know I got this little Sony recorder, and I just kind of bought this and use a free audio editing program that uh, some other podcast friends recommended.
2: Well, for me, the production aspect is very important. I it was very important for me to to come out the gate and essentially have it sound at the at the level of the most professional podcast so you know, I've, I've spent you know a good amount of money on on microphones I, I use the sm7b by shore which is essentially the the industry standard for any any radio show that's what that's what they use and it's about a, it's about 400 dollars. okay um i use a mac macbook pro with the apogee duet which is um, a mac based interface uh which is for recording you know it's very high level stuff and I had that before I did the show to record music right and um so and, you know that's about $600 so that's pretty high end stuff you know and then getting um mic stands and I have some soft some you know I use Logic which is again that's a that is meant to record high level music right at some of that level but I already had that because yeah. I, I'm I'm also recording music so I have what I would consider to be a higher tier stuff, partially because I was already recording music and partially because the uh, quality of it is super, super Im- 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 important to me. Um, and, you know, so, so I've run into some issues now with, so I do a certain amount of Skype um, interviews. So you're not necessarily getting the same quality with, with things like that and I haven't totally figured how to make that as great as I want to be but you do have to make some compromises because ultimately the it's, it's like it's like a it's like a record you know the first Lamb of God album is it the greatest sounding record no no but the no. songs are great <laughs> and ultimately if the conversations are great people will kind of deal with it but all that stuff definitely matters and if, and if I've definitely listened to some, Podcast wherever it's not doesn't sound great. It doesn't make you as apt to want to listen to it. So
3: yeah.
2: I would say you know definitely when you you do an episode, compare it to other shows, see how it kind of stacks up sonically, and um, you know. But it's def it was important to me, but you know not everyone's to me. Right, right, right. So but there are but for everything I, I name there's cheaper stuff. You, you know I, you can, you can get mics cheaper and. The difference between those is not huge. Yeah. Um, same thing. You can get uh, interfaces for very cheap. Recording, you know, GarageBand's free. You know, with all the stuff. And to do a podcast, you do not need complex software. Right. Right. Um, so you don't. You can definitely do it on a on a shoestring budget, but you do have to invest oh, some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some some money. into this
1: yeah that's the idea I mean again the lack of job I started one of those Patreon things I don't have anybody subscribing to it yet but that was part of my let's sign up on every fucking social media thing ever last week was like let's just do what I can to get this out here yeah Um, so you've you've had a variety of like jobs and positions in the industry musician journalist podcaster music teacher how do you feel about the way that the industry has changed over the years as far as when it comes to music
2: and like the way that people consume it and how people feel about it, you know, in in a lot of ways, I'm I'm discouraged, uh, but that's also, I think I think it's just how like I I imagine if you were big in radio, yeah, you know, like in the 40s or something, and all of a sudden this thing the television shows up, yeah. And it's just crushing it. And people are addicted to t- TV. They, you know, they, that was a whole... The line back in the day that TV is... It's eating your brains. <laughs> and we're basically the television... You know, people around our age are the television generation who are there to see the internet. And how that changed changed the game. And and what, what happened is with multimedia is that music... Itself has become... Metaphorically, the the volume of music is turned down because there's so much... There's video games, there's YouTube, there's the entire internet, basically, and technology, and there's just... People's attention is always being... uh, You know, people coming after their their, their attention, so um, there's so much entertainment out there, so much... So in a way that's the thing I'm discouraged by is just that music and because it's shrunk you don't have you know bands can't do what they used to do you know like you could have a band like Slayer and they could you know get with a major label and be with Rick Rubin and spend however long and really commit to making music that was going to change the world and I don't know if those if those utilities exist for for musicians to to engage in that way, or I don't think their mindset is the same. I I can imagine when you two went to make a record in the mid 80s, they were like, "Oh, we could write a song that would change the world. right We This record will have an impact on the culture, and that doesn't happen nearly as much, especially in in the rock world, I think. It's, it's so I just I miss the gravity, yeah. the gravity of all of music, just the of it just feeling like the most important thing yeah. that, that existed. So it's, um, and 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 that might sound kind of like a downer and in in some way where I'm kind of romanticizing this uh this period, but it but it, it's true, you know, and 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 you kind of have to, um, I don't know, I'm a realist, I guess, with 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 with, with that, but. Ultimately, I can't worry about that. I just have to kind of do what yeah, I do. Do what and, you do. You know, so. and, and tie it into the, the, that a little bit
1: you know, with the rise of illegal downloading and then even the legal streaming services that, I mean, I'm not a musician myself, but I've heard that those don't pay very well and that people sort of have this idea that music is disposable and why should we even pay for it? Bands make all their, their money at the shows anyway. Like, like yeah.
2: Well, I, I think uh, I like streaming. I use it. I'm a consumer, you know. That's the thing is, you, you can't just act like you're you're only a creator because most people that create music are also consumers right, of right. music. I don't buy CDs anymore. I don't care to buy CDs anymore. I like the convenience of it of uh, Spotify. I pay for it. I think if you could get more, basically, it's like healthcare. Like the more people pay into it, yeah, yeah. the the better the system is. It, it, it more people get covered and brings costs down. Um, streaming is 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 like that too if if every person that was a music consumer paid for apple music or spotify there'd be a lot more money for for artists and so it's a it's a bridge to somewhere i don't know ultimately what that that bridge is going to be i don't know what the future of um apparently apple eventually is getting rid of the their the the store, you know, that the, yeah, the, the, the down, iTunes downloads, yeah, it's just going to be streaming. So, I don't, you know, it's it's very difficult to kind of perceive what the, the world will be. Here's the thing music is still really important to people, concert tickets going through the roof, people still love going to shows, people still love music. If you had a movie and there was no music, and it was what wrong with this movie, you know, it's, <laughs> it's this thing that almost like People would appreciate it more if it did if it wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. But it's because it's everywhere. You know, you can't go in. You go on a Rite Aid, and there's a, a song playing. You yeah. go, you know, you go on the subway, there's a song. Like it's, it's just everywhere. And it's so easy, and it's and it's part of everything, right? If you play a video game, there's oh, there's music that you know. There's a movie. It's, you know, so it's this thing where it's so ubiquitous that people don't appreciate it. Right, right. It's like if there was. You know, uh, free cheeseburgers on every corner. People kind of wouldn't care about cheeseburgers anymore. I mean, it function, yeah, fucks you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's just it's everywhere. Whereas before, it you could if you want. You know, I mean, I heard that Bobby Brown song, and you were like, I want to hear that song, and you have to go to Sam Goody to hear the Bobby Brown song. Yeah. You know, to, to get it, and so so be because we we can't control it anymore. It's lost that kind of a, that, that psychological value. Right, and and that's I don't know how if that'll ever come back, you know. But it's uh, in a way, it's it's we're, it's 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 one of the um, the downsides of wealth because in a way, it's it's like a it's having art, artistic and intellectual wealth when it's just you have so much of it. Yeah, just, yeah, it's endless, you know. So that's why it's like if you were like a billionaire, you know, you know, you didn't like finish your steak dinner, you just like let the dog. Get you wouldn't care. <laughs> You know, you know, you drop a hundred off. Ah, doesn't matter. You don't want you if you have so much abundance, it's it's difficult. You, it's a very hard to appreciate it the same way. Right, right. So, so
1: we've sort of already mentioned, you know, what's next for Bad Wolves. What's next for Vegas Nerf. What's next for, for you in general? Like, you're, you got these shows this weekend, and then I assume you're gonna go back home and.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm basically my main priority when I get home between now and the end of the year is to do a lot of writing. Okay. Because I haven't, uh, I'm looking to possibly do a book, but um, I don't want to overstate too much or t- say too much about it because I really need to do the work. Yeah. So, that's really from that. Basically, the me to the end of the year is writing and also doing a lot of personal brand uh, uh, maximization. So I, you know, so I'm doing a lot of things. You know, social media. And stuff off, you know, trying to essentially, um, coordinate my, to be able to direct, directly reach people who, uh, like the things that I, I do. So that's, that's kind of a, you know, a big project that I'm constantly chipping, chipping away at. And I have different ideas because eventually I just want, I want to be self-sufficient Yeah, yeah. and not have to necessarily rely on other outlets to, to reach people and promote, uh Promote my stuff, so it's just build, building an audience. And, and thing with the podcast, like the audience is growing slowly but steadily. And definitely want to as the year progresses. That I you know, I want to make the sh- my show better and get deeper and get more um, personal, right? You know, and also play. You know, I I would like to play with the format a little more and get outside of the box and innovate with it because it's it's an open space yeah and you can do whatever you want and I think people sometimes think like we're talking before like oh I just have to interview someone that's a podcast a podcast can be a lot. only thing is it's audio yeah that's the only real thing you know and some people do visual uh, an audio podcast but that's the only rule you can do whatever you want so I, I want to stretch the the um, the format get more innovative with it so
1: sounds good man that's that's about all i got here anything else you want to say before i turn this thing off
2: just follow me on twitter and instagram at doc coil d-o-c-c-o-y-l-e and uh, my website dot, uh, dot coil.net you can go there and sign up to my newsletter if you want to keep up with all the stuff i do all right. sounds good man thanks a lot no problem
3: This place is not a home This place is just a tomb It's the tomb of the king He took everything We built a temple And he locked us in Right on, tonight.
0: the EP, Visceral, that was Vegas Nerve, with *Promised Me the World. Now, Doc did a pretty good job during the show, or at the end of the show, of plugging his own social media. But don't forget to also follow uh, all of his individual band's social media accounts on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and wherever the fuck else. <laughs> uh, whatever your preferred social media websites are um now you'll notice i mentioned to doc in the interview uh having an instagram and a patreon and those are those are new uh new things for me but they're there you can find us on uh on those sites uh Bunny music hub and uh yeah i decided to just uh like again like i said in the interview there was some interviews that i uh put out requests for and did not receive a favorable response. I was told that uh, I don't have a, a wide enough social media reach and I don't have enough uh, listeners on the show, which is it's to be expected. This is only episode seven. I'm only working on it uh, in a couple months. and I mean, it's been building, but I guess that it's not big enough to get some of the bigger guests yet. So um, if you guys want to help me out with that... and. If you're already following, share the pages with your friends, share the shows. If you have any any um, feedback on the shows, I haven't been getting much. I mean, I've been getting a lot of listens. Uh, well, not a lot, but I would a lot for a podcast from some guy that nobody really knows too well. Um, but I haven't really received too much in the way of uh, feedback, with the exception of from a couple close friends. So... If anybody has any any suggestions, any feedback, any anything that they would like to uh, let me know about as far as the episodes go, or, or anything else, any recommendations for uh, interviews? If you've got to hook up with someone that uh, I might want to interview, let me know. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm still without a full time job, so if anybody uh, knows of jobs that are hiring in north jersey or work from home situations <laughs> let me know that too uh because if i get a job and i'm making more money i can have money to spend to make this better um so yeah follow follow me on uh, follow the music hub rather jbunny's music hub on facebook twitter instagram if you want to become a patreon on patreon that would help as well uh um I haven't signed up for anything else as of now. People told me I should try doing Tumblr. I'll, I'll look into that, but um yeah, that's, you know, the 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 more I guess that the more followers and the bigger that this gets, the bigger that this gets, you know. Um and the bigger guests we can get. So, uh I've got some things booked. There's going to be I don't know what the next show necessarily is going to be, but it looks like um, we're gonna be taking a little bit of a uh, a break from the typical metal and hard rock that that uh, this show has been known for as of now. I'm gonna be probably, well no, not probably. I am definitely going to be um, interviewing at least one band that, that uh, performs at the New York Renaissance Fair. And so uh, it's a bit of a departure from what you guys are used to for me, but the the inter- interviews should still be fun. Uh, New York Renaissance Fair started this past uh, weekend, uh, the day after I did this interview with Doc. Uh, runs the next couple months, so I'm hoping to get, like I said, some of the acts from there, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Like I said, uh, give me feedback. If uh, if you don't like the idea of me interviewing uh, non-metal bands, yeah, make that known. Uh, when, but but give the episodes a chance, and once they go up, uh, if you think they suck, let me know. If you think they're awesome, let me know. You know, uh, you guys can help me be better. So i um, going to uh, go out with uh, our, our closing song now. Our first song was Vegas Nerve. This is going to be the first time, I believe, the first episode where the two songs are not from the same band. Because uh, Doc is in a lot of bands And uh, as we mentioned, he's in the band Bad Wolves um, with Tommy Vext and uh, John Berklin, who used to be in Devil Driver. So uh, this song is the only single so far that uh, they have released because, like uh, Doc said, they're waiting for the record deal. So this is Bad Wolves with Learn to Live. Till next time, guys.